Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hello, I'm Mario Tonaguzzi with Calgary's podcast. Joining me today is Emily Bodsbick, who is founder of Wild Tea Kombucha. I said that right, right? Didn't I? Yes, yeah. Co-founder, Wild Tea Kombucha. Okay, super. Uh, and who is your uh, co- uh, other co-founder? Is Bridget Real. Okay, super. Tell me, first of all, uh, Emily, what uh, you guys do. So we manufacture kombucha when we have three separate lines. So we started off with the typical fruit infused line, which is cocktail inspired. And we really wanted to like make kombucha fun. So we thought, hey, instead of just ginger kombucha, let's promote that people can mix it with booze or make a, a salad dressing or a smoothie. Um, and then after a bit of time, we noticed a gap in the market. So we launched um, kombucha sodas, which are low sugar. And they were kind of a response to my dad, who likes to drink Coke. And I was like, Dad, if I make a Coke kombucha, will you will you drink it? He was like, try me. So <laughs> the kombucha sodas were born. And then most recently, we just launched with the uh, hard kombucha cider. So it's 5% alcohol, one gram of sugar. And it's a nice, crisp alternative to, you know, Vizzy or White Claw or any of those. So for the people out there that aren't uh, fully aware of it, uh, can you describe and explain what kombucha is? Yes. So kombucha is fermented tea. And the simplest way to describe it is the way you make yogurt. You take milk, you add bacteria, and it transforms into yogurt. It's the same way you make kombucha. You take tea and sugar, you add bacteria, and it turns into this fermented kombucha. Okay. And what are the uh, the benefits uh, uh, of kombucha for people? Yeah, so kombucha has had a wide variety of properties. It's full of amino acids. It's full of B vitamins. Um, it has a great source of vitamin C. And using the premium ingredients that we do, we try to give uh, functional benefits to the fruits and the adaptogen herbs that we use. Okay. It's and- basically a tool in your toolkit. <laughs> and tell me a little bit about the history behind it, how it all began. Yeah, so Wild Tea started in 2015. It was kind of a response to a bit of a midlife crisis. I was like, what am I doing with my life? And um, and and I started selling at the farmer's market in Cochrane and in Bear Spa and then Snowball to, you know, August, September. That's when I met Bridget. And that's when it really transformed from just a farmer's market stall into a business. Um, and then from there, it's just been, you know, a, a very accelerated. We were part of our Lee Dickinson's District Ventures. We were part of the uh, Calgary Tap program. We were on Dragon's Den, um, and so we've been fortunate to be involved with a, lo- a number of the services that Calgary offers and Alberta. How did you get uh, initially introduced to uh, kombucha? Oh, that's an interesting story. My massage therapist from when I did bobsled was a avid kombucha drinker, and she grew up on the Sunshine Coast, so she was much more hip than I was. And she's like, you should try this. It's good for you. It's good for your gut. And when you basically eat chicken, broccoli and rice for every meal, you're always looking for options to help shake things up. And so that's where the love affair began. And then it it, it just kind of I thought, hey, maybe I can make this on my own. And, and then I started giving it away as gifts. And, and then here we go. Business started. All right, super. You mentioned bobsled. Let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, uh, talk to me and tell me a little bit about your bobsled career. 
Yes, I was fortunate to be part of the women's national team from 2010 to 2014, and I was a proud bobsled brakeman for a number of various pilots, including Kaylee Humphreys and Jenny Cicchetti. Um, And I got to go to Sochi in 2014 as the as this alternate spare. Okay, and how did you get involved in bobsled? Like you're from the Maritimes originally, right? I am. Okay, so how did you get involved in bobsled? Well, I grew up playing rugby, and so my love affair with rugby came to a brief or a quick halt in 2010 when I uh, developed some severe um, uh, body issues. Um, and then I went from hitting people to hitting things. <laughs> <laughs> and there was an ID camp, just an open camp. They said, anyone who wants to try out, come try out. And then uh, luckily, I was able to put up somewhat of decent numbers, and they encouraged me to stick around, and the rest is history. So I'd like to uh, maybe describe the bobsled experience. I'll, just as, as, as an aside, years ago when I was a, a, a sports reporter at the Calgary Herald, right, I, uh, I, I got to go down the bobsled and run. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was in the middle, so there was uh, the brakeman and uh, the driver, I guess they're called, right? And, uh, right. and then right. two of us who are nobodies uh, in the middle, and uh, oh my gosh, I I always say to people, I'll never forget that experience. It was the most exhilarating experience I've ever had in my life, but probably the most frightening experience I've ever had in my life. What was it like for you when when you first went down? Oh, the first time I went down, I peed my pants. It was very confusing. <laughs> I was like, what's happening? What is this? What is this thing called G-force? And all of a sudden, my body just shut down. <laughs> and I got to the bottom and I was like, oops. Um, and then it becomes addictive, like you said. So I think you get used to it. You start to appreciate the sport and um, you you really start to love feeling the track, knowing where the turns are. And, and each track becomes uh, very different for different types of people. You know, there was that one, uh, what is it, that one thing that you go up and kind of curve and around. What was that uh, curve called? Uh, that's Chrysal. So that's German yeah. for circle. And so it means you go in a full 360. And each track is part of the requirements, just like um, how, you know, each sport has their own specific yeah. specifications. In bobsled tracks, you have to have a form of a Chrysal in your track. Oh, okay then. Yeah, well, that was uh, that was scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's Calgary is a bit of a, you know, corner one to four is very slow. And then all of a sudden reality kicks in and you're like, oh, crap, I can't get out. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, being an athlete and, uh, you know, rugby and uh, and bobsled, uh, what do you think you learned as an athlete uh, that's helped you out in business? Oh, so many things. I think sport has definitely been a great foundation for me in so many ways, specifically, you know, accountability, time management, communication, how to be a team player, how to be a great and effective leader. Um, It also opened the doors for my uh, second education. So I was able to complete my master's um, because of the game plan program with the COC. Um, And it's just, it single-handedly gave me the confidence and the reassurance that I knew I could handle it. If I was able to break business down into steps that were attainable instead of just, you know, trying to go from zero to a hundred, then it was much more of a unique framework. Oh, okay then. And, you know, when you look back at, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur, what would you say the biggest challenges were? Or maybe still are? (laughs) Well, this morning it's the rain. (laughs) 
this. Um, some of the biggest challenges I think are uh, obviously number one is money and cash flow. And if you do not have deep pockets or, you know, uh, at least people with deep pockets in your inner circle, it can get very uh, tiring and hard to bootstrap after, you know, so many years. And I think that um, without money or without the, the necessary cash flow, it really, it's limited in your ability to grow and scale. Um, so, yeah, I think that cash flow is obviously one of them. And then, and then two, it's just being able to pay to have the, the appropriate team people surrounding you to give you the knowledge and the, the, the structure that you require to really like escalate the business. Okay. Then, and, uh, uh, what's, uh, when you look at being an entrepreneur, what kind of, uh, things do you enjoy about it? Like, I love the variety. I love that I get to set my own schedule, despite that I work more. I love that at least it's on my time. And I really love knowing that, you know, today I was a plumber and then I'll be a shipping and receiver. And then I will go on to being a CEO and then I will do health and safety. So it's very, it's always varied. And, I, you know, I've met so many amazing people in small business community specifically in Calgary, it's, that's the reason for being an entrepreneur. It's that the people make the business, you know, you, when you go to a market collective or when you go to any of those like gatherings of sorts, that's yeah. where you get to really connect and, and, and share stories and, and help each other and lift each other up. If you were uh, uh, giving advice to somebody who came to you about, uh, you know, what should you do, uh, uh, you know, uh, to be an entrepreneur, like uh, what what piece of advice would you give to people? Take up drinking. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> drinking some kombucha. I was going to say I was going to say sambuca. It's so similar. Yeah, you can drink sambuca. I think just healthy stress management and being able to set boundaries. First and foremost, doing your research and really knowing your market um, and asking anyone and everyone and really doing a deep discovery before you just jump off that cliff. And yeah. then as you go down the rabbit hole, being able to set boundaries, whether it's with sleep or healthy eating or working out or knowing when to shut off your phone and and just trying to be able to keep your your world in a tight box as much as possible. Because the thing is, is that you will, you'll miss out on family time. You'll miss out on relationships if you keep putting work first. So hmm. it's about coming up with that healthy balance. So I was going to ask you, like, uh, I forgot to ask you at the beginning. Uh, so where, where can people find uh, this kombucha? Yeah. So, I mean, on our website, wealthykombucha.com, um, we're also sold in a number of lovely locations throughout Canada from, you know, the small independents like Community and Blush Lane, the larger conventional like Sobe, Safeway and Savon, um, and again, on e-commerce sites like well.ca. Oh, okay then. And uh, what are your thoughts and uh, plans for the company in the, in the coming years? Great question. Well, our goal right now is still to A, recover from COVID because that really took a toll. Um, wow. But then B, just to really focus on the alcoholic kombucha and the kombucha sodas and trying to explore new markets with uh, some of our new innovation and new packaging formats. Oh, okay, super then. Now, obviously, being an entrepreneur is a is, you know very busy time. You're, you're on call and basically 24-7. Um, what do you do uh, besides uh, the work? Uh, like, you know, what do you do to relax and, you know, uh, that work-life balance uh, that, oh, that we talk you know, about all the time? Yeah. So, uh, 
I try to be active as much as I can. So whether it's uh, biking, mountain biking, or in the wintertime cross-country skiing, um, I'm limited to the activities I can do because of the number of concussions I've sustained. Um, Going to the gym as much as possible. Sometimes it's just going for a walk. It's just trying to do something. And obviously reaching out to friends and making sure that you hang out and, and hang out with those friends. And then spending time with my boyfriend and my cats. I'm a crazy cat lady, um, <laughs> secretly a dog person, but now has three cats. Um, and, and I really enjoy like just uh, doing like different forms of art and cooking, like just decompressing and, and letting go and not having to think about anything, but what's in front of me. All right. This is going to be an oddball question, but uh, tell me about your, uh, your background in terms of uh, where you came from in the Maritimes and, uh, and, what do you think, uh, you know, what kind of foundations of coming and, and being raised in the Maritimes do you still carry with you today? I mean, I'm a proud New Brunswicker through and through. I grew up right on the border to Calais, Maine. It's called St. Stephen, New Brunswick. We're famous for Canada's first chocolate bar, the Palomine, and uh, where Canada was founded with uh, Samuel de Champlain. Um what am I gracious for? I mean, the community I grew up in was kind and it was it was genuine and the community really did raise everyone. Um, it was a town of only 5,000 people. And I think that often the people or the, 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 the specifically the athletes of Maritimes often get discouraged because we don't have the same opportunities and we have to travel further to go to the big city. But I, I do think that there is a lot of undiscovered talent in the Maritimes and the just the 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 vibe is just much more chill. It's it's my dream to eventually move back to the East Coast. I just want to, I mean, the mountains are nice, but it's not the ocean. So yeah. What brought you here? Oh, a boy, rugby. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I stay? Rugby, bobsled, <laughs> boys. <laughs> uh. But no, oh, my family is still all back in, in New Brunswick and Montreal. So I do try to visit as often as possible. But COVID did, did put a damper in that. Yeah. How did you uh, how did you survive through COVID? Oh, hope and a prayer. Uh, we we really like we well, um, our marketing person at the time, what was very uh crucial. She single-handedly created our website, our e-commerce site in a weekend, right? When March, 2020 was at its full, you know, swing. And we tried to create an e-commerce site called the Friends of Wild Tikulucha just to open it to, you know, all of the small businesses that we were friends with because everything that we were used to had been shut down. And then just trying to come up with new ways to hit different markets that were that were doing well. So, you know, we thought about trying to create SCOBY toilet paper, but it just, it wasn't a hot spell. <laughs> yeah. The old, the, the old, uh, the you know, overused phrase, right. Of the pivot. Uh, yeah. It's true the, though. You had to pivot. And I think like we're gracious for the partners that did stay with us. Um, a, a lot of the vendors we worked with are gone. Um, and so it's just been about reinventing and trying to find new markets. What do you think as a as a business person, uh, an entrepreneur, you learned through this last two years? Mm, I think uh, communication, due diligence, uh, networking as much as possible. There's a lot of great resources out there with like obviously the government of Alberta, whether it's their trade commissioners or their government grants. Yeah. There's a lot of tools out there. You just have to know how to navigate it. 
Yeah, that, that's true. And, and over the years, uh, uh, you know, when setting up the business and doing the business, uh, where have you turned, like you turn to for advice, uh, uh, whether that's a people or whether that's books and resources? Uh, mm-hmm. where, where do you look uh, for mentorship, I guess? Uh, we had a lot of mentors that we met through District Ventures that have stayed true. Um, and we've also, you know, acquired new business coaches and new new different, um, I guess, specialists in their field. And then also just being able to talk to the other business owners and being able to, you know, understand that we're all having supply chain issues. We're all having cardboard yeah. issues, right? Um and 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 also the professors from my school, like, uh, you know, I was obviously bringing up my own work problems being like, how do I do this? And so, you know, as long as long as you're willing to ask, people are willing to help. You just have to know how to communicate. What school was that and what did you take? Oh, it was through Queens and University, the Queens Cornell Partnership called the Executive MBA. OK. OK, super then. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and and where did you go to a, a university before that? Oh, I went to Mount Allison University back in New Brunswick. Okay. So I'm a proud Mountie. Um, <laughs> played rugby. Did you play I rugby? I played rugby there. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. where I really like discovered my passion for rugby. Um, and that's I think when I, you know, you you leave the fishbowl that is the Maritimes, and you're like, I'm going to make the national team, and then you go out west, and you're like, Holy Jesus, they're so big. So, <laughs> so tell me what you know why why work rugby what was the uh appeal of that sport to you um i am not one that is blessed with grace i know that when i was in bed my mom said that she put me in ballet when i was five or six and um the, perf- the teacher told her nicely this is not for her um <laughs> i i mean i have i have add so i think that uh you know the impulsivity and the being able to a million miles a minute, my brain's always working. And I think that just rugby was like the way to describe it is just a beautiful chaos. Like I love that you did get to hit people. And I love that it was also about the finesse and the speed. So in all honesty, like watching Super Bowl versus watching the world cup, I mean, it's like hands down World Cup rugby is way better and way more exciting and way faster. So <laughs> Interesting. Last thing I'm going to share with people, and is just a part of our conversation we had prior to uh, starting to record this, being an entrepreneur. Now, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but we're taping this at this moment on June 14th. And uh, Calgary has just been inundated with uh, rainfall, etc. cetera. Uh, so tell me how you spent your morning as an entrepreneur. Yes. So this morning I came to work dressed in appropriate wear with makeup on, knowing that we were having this interview. And I got up, got to our office and there's water everywhere. It's flooded. So I spent all morning mopping and wiping and being a plumber and just completely drenched. So I had to change and wipe everything off quickly. (laughs) Just the life of an entrepreneur, right? Life of an entrepreneur. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's it's it's. I don't think our building. Is, I think it's it's a tar and roof from the seventies. I don't think it was meant for immense amount of rain. We're not we're not Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, super Emily. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Thank you, Mario. Thank you so much for your time. All right, super. That was Emily Bodzvik, who is a co-founder of Wild Tea Kombucha in Calgary. I'm Mario Tonaguzzi with Calgary's podcast. Thanks for joining us today.